Venture X card from Capital One gives you premium travel benefits. Perfect for seeing Taylor Swift The Eras Tour. Presented by Capital One. Oh, I do love her. Earn five times miles on flights and 10 times miles on hotels through Capital One Travel. Enjoy your stay in Suite 13. Whoa, 13? That's Taylor's lucky number. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. Welcome back. It's the Razball Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I am B-Don. That across from me on the screen here. If you're watching on on YouTube.com slash Razball Fantasy, as we will continue to plug that until we get enough subscribers, is the Fantasy Master Lothario himself, Gray Albright. How you doing over there? Hey, what's going on there, B-Don? Good, man. Just, uh, you know, all-star break. I got a... Uh, we got... Me and Coogs are going to the Home Run Derby tonight. Um, I'll be throwing, uh, to Pete Alonzo and, uh, Coos will be throwing a Juan Soto. <laughs> no, we're, uh, we're going, we're going to home run derby. It's so expensive to go to any of these all-star game things. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to blame Biden, <laughs> man. What did Biden do to the all-star game tickets, dude? I mean, come on, man. Like, it's like ridiculous. You wouldn't even you wouldn't even believe how much we're spending to go to the home run derby. It's like so obnoxious. Like I I'm I'm embarrassed to even admit how much we're paying to go see the home run derby. Ah, it's so bad. And it's also like I feel like there's a, a certain level maybe it's the uh the the Jew in me, but I feel like I have to have a certain level of fun because I'm going like I have to like I have to be even more excited by like you know 380 foot home runs off of like uh 25 mile per hour pitches (laughs) yes man give me give me give it to me man give me more (laughs) lazy home runs uh so anyway yeah we're going to home run derby and then Coogs was like, oh, you want to go to the All-Star game, too? And I was like, well, how much is that? And she told me, and I was like, nah, man, Biden ain't getting that money. <laughs> that ain't happening. No way. I, I refuse to spend, uh, I think it was like $2,500 a ticket to go see the All-Star to game. To go see the like, exhibition All-Star game. Yeah, I was like, no way, man. There's like, It's just not happening. It's like absolutely not happening. I'm not 
I'm not selling my car to go see the All-Star game. <laughs> <laughs> not happening. Anyway, yeah. that's uh yeah. How how's things with you? <laughs> you know, I'm doing all right. I, I uh I was going to go see the uh, home run derby and then it got moved from Atlanta last year. So then, uh, then I didn't get to go, but I mean, between like the season ticket holders. Oh my holders... God, it got moved. Actually, it got moved from Atlanta. That was Biden's fault too. Man. <laughs> I'm just playing. Go ahead. What were yeah, you saying? I was just saying like between the season ticket holders and then all the companies that buy tickets, it gets so expensive to go to any like. Any major sporting event just gets so ridiculous, but yeah, I get, enjoy right. the home run well, derby. The whole thing, think... like, on, like honestly, I feel like uh, any major sporting event, it's like the same as like first class tickets. It's like the people who are there aren't even spending the money. Yeah. <laughs> like they're not, like they're not actually forking over the cash. The people in first class or the people that are going to like the All Star game, it's like, oh yeah, my. Uh, my dad works at DuPont, and we got tickets. Like, what? Who, who are you, bro? Who are you? I don't know you, Mister Working at DuPont. Get out of here. Yeah. So you get a, you get a short reprieve here, Gray, from from the uh, months of continuous writing about baseball. So hope you enjoy your your home runs. I think the louder you scream, the more fun you have. So you just gotta <laughs> well scream done. as loud as possible. I think for every you know Pete Alonso one that barely scrapes over the fence there. Yep. And then the 500-foot bombs. Yeah, no, for sure. And then then they announced that Otani's not even going to be participating. I'm like, oh, man, this is a joke. <laughs> we got we got totally – we got bamboozled. <laughs> we got had. Can we anyway, replace it with, like, Ichiro? Like, just, just to have, yeah, like, Ichiro right? come do some fun no, stuff? No, they. I think they replaced him with Miles Mikolos. It was like – I I saw some article that was like Miles Mikolos talking about how he wants to take part in the home run derby. I was like, oh, just take my money, man. (laughs) Just take it. I'm staying home. (laughs) That would Uh, be terrible. That would be awful. But uh, all right. So let me ask you this question, Greg. What's the furthest you can remember that you've come from behind in the second half to win a league? Oh, man. I don't I don't know. Honestly, I, I. uh, I I try to forget every league as soon as it's over, <laughs> especially <laughs> the ones I've lost. Uh, I don't know. I mean, realistically, I'll say hypothetically, I think probably you're looking at like it depends on the league, like a 15 team league. You can probably make up more ground than like a a shallow like a sh- the shallower the league. It's like the more chance that the person in front of you has like run away with it um you know i think it honestly i think it depends on the league i don't remember my any specific uh situation where i've come back i'm sure i have i don't remember though i would say more than likely you're uh you know i mean it really depends on the league i think like maybe like third or fourth place i mean at a certain point like it but it depends though like because if you're in fifth place and only like 10 points behind then that's different then you could be in second place and 18 points behind or something like i don't know right. you know it's like yeah. it's impossible for me to say but i do feel like i am actually my specific leagues this year i feel like i'm in a pretty good spot for a few leagues like my uh my labor league i'm in third place uh behind uh jeff zimmerman and, and ray murphy uh i have a chance there i have to uh I have to actually, I'm kind of, it's kind of contingent, I feel like, on uh, Jeff losing pitching points 
and me kind of holding still yeah. and uh and ray not gaining um so that i mean but it's possible so labor league is possible that's a 12 team mixed league and i'm in third and i feel like i have a chance um and then there's a uh a tgfbi i feel like, i think i'm in second and i i'm only like i was actually in first up until like last week so i think i have a chance there and then there's a few leagues where I have no chance whatsoever. <laughs> just, I mean, I'm playing, I'm playing them out. Like I ha- I don't abandon my teams. I, I'm pretty good about that. Like I, you know, I frown on, I frown on abandoning teams. <laughs> so I, I do play them out. But there's a couple leagues where it's like, I don't have a chance in this league <laughs> at all. <laughs> like, like our RCL league. Like Matt Truss is running away with our. He's been yeah, he first is. forever. He's running away with that league. I haven't abandoned the league. I think I could probably gain some points in pitching because I I haven't thrown that many starters yet. So I think I have. I probably have like I can gain maybe maybe I can get to third or fourth place and I'm in sixth place, <laughs> which is terrible. But I think I might be able to gain a few standing points. Anyway, no one cares about my league. I, I mean, there's so there's some leagues where I'm doing okay and I think I can win, and there's other leagues where I'm I have no chance, but I'm not abandoning them. So anyway, how are your how are your leagues? All right. Yeah, my leagues are doing all right. I, I'm I think Itch and I go back and forth like on a daily basis from in the CBS AL only league uh, that I'm with you and all the the guys from CBS and and that we do all those drafts with. Uh, I'm also in the, I, you know, I think I'm in the top three in the head-to-head league as well over there. So I'm in those leagues. The NL, the NL was the one that I did from like my phone when I was, I, I was doing something else completely, and that team is not so great. Uh, my TGFBI team every year is just absolutely awful. So I, as as always, that's that's not going great. Um, but I, the Waffle House area draft that I have uh, over there on the NFBC is doing pretty well. I, I believe I'm third, uh, but our, our top spot is just running away. I think he's number one in the entire barf competition. So uh, I, I'm just playing kind of for second there. Maybe you and I need to make a bet and decide something for the purse league. Cause I think we're back to back in the standing than we have been for a while. So maybe yeah, we need a little I motivation. Noticed that, I noticed <laughs> that too. I think I just barely moved above you at the break, but yeah, yeah you were in front of me for a good, <laughs> and we're, and we're both, and we're like sixth or seventh. Like we're not good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're uh, Also, I forgot my, uh, my Raz slam. I'm doing pretty good. I'm going to make, uh, I'll make the cutoff in Raz slam. I don't know if I'm going to, I don't know how well I'm going to do once we get uh, once we do the cut line, but I'm going to I'll make that. I'm in like I've been bouncing between second and third in my league and I think I'm around I might be around 30th overall. So I'm doing okay in that league. Um pretty pretty well. Uh are you, how's your Razzlam? Uh, it's team? uh I think I'm sitting mid-pack, but it's if if I make it I'm I'm going to be limping in cuz I lost I I made we made the the two pickups. But then you start losing guys, and then like yeah. half my team's yeah. injured. There's that, nothing I, I can noticed, do about it. Something I've noticed with best ball is like after the first day of games in April, those standings never change. <laughs> they never. <laughs> I've never seen a league like it. Like best ball, it's like if you're in first after the first day of games, you're never. You'll never move from first. You'll be in first <laughs> the rest of the year. Like it's incredible. Like it's like. 
I don't know what's going on. Like, I've been in second or third, like, the entire year. It's like, you would think I'd bounce up to first and then bounce down to fifth and bounce around a little bit. I don't move at all. I've ne- I've never moved in that league. <laughs> yeah. I've been all over in that, in our RCL. I've been from, like, second all the way down to, like, I think I'm seventh right now, which is, like, the lowest I've been all season, right at the midpoint. But let's move on. Let's not stop. Let's stop talking about our leagues, Gray. Uh, let's yeah. talk about the the one big call up that happened, and then we're gonna get into your top 100. Estuary Ruiz got called up across Double A and Triple A this year. He had 15 home runs, 60 stolen bases. That's a 6-0 stolen bases. He's a sub 20 K percent guy, uh, a over 13 and a half walk percent guy. Um, he hit 315 at Triple A, 344 at Double A. His OBP at each stop was over 450. I mean, I think he's a must-pick-up in every league for the speed. We're all chasing speed. But what are your expectations here for Ruiz? Uh, Yeah, I'm actually – you know, I was surprised to be able to get him in uh, fab leagues this this past week. I I bid $63 out of 1,000, and I got him – the next highest runner-up was uh, at $39. Uh, and I was like, I was kind of shocked by that. And then in, uh, another league, I didn't get him. Uh, it was a 12 team mixed league and he went for $3 out of a hundred and I bid two. So I, I probably could have got him. Uh, I kind of kicking myself. I didn't go a little bit higher because I do think, like you said, I mean, he is, I think he's a definite pickup in every league. I mean, I'm kind of shocked there hasn't been more talk of him like i i get the sense that you know from the comments on rasball and just the general sense in what people are saying uh elsewhere i get the sense that he's not really that coveted when i feel like like maybe maybe he's not john birdie for the second half but i mean he has that potential he could even like chip in some power too you know like you said i mean 13 homers and 60 steals across two levels in the minors for, you know, this year alone. That's that's this year, 1360. I mean, that's crazy. Like, I get it. Like, you know, the PCL plays really um, – it's super offensive-minded. And, you know, I saw uh, – I saw Ruiz. I actually I saw Ruiz and I saw um I saw him get a uh, his first uh, major league hit and I uh I DM'd Rudy and I was like mm, I don't know if the power is really going to be there because looking at him he does kind of look like like maybe he was he was like a uh, a PCL minor league like power like he had some power there but I don't know if that's going to translate to the major leagues because he kind of looks to me like a, you know, a slap hitter, basically. Like he's mm-hmm. not, I mean, he's a tiny, he's a tiny guy. He's like, I don't know, like 160 pounds soaking wet. He's, you know, he looks like a speedster. Like, I mean, that's what he, he kind of looks to me like maybe five homers, uh, and 40 steals over the course of 162 games. Like, that's the, that's the kind of, like, that's what he looked like, you know, just to my eye. Um, so I don't know if the power is really going to translate, but just the fact that he did have 13 homers and 60 steals in the minors, like, 
people should be crazy for this guy. Like I, I mean, I talked about him like literally like every day last week. And, you know, I mean, there was some, some like response of like, you know, some people were looking to pick him up, but not as much as I thought there would be. So I don't know. I like him a lot. I, like I said, I grabbed him in one league. I bid on him. I should have probably bid a little bit higher, but I bid on him in another league. Didn't get him. I yeah, I, I would definitely say every single league you should be looking at them. Yeah, I think there's this this mindset that comes from, you know, a, a lot of us being, you know, thinking we're we're not only fantasy players but also baseball, you know, watchers who understand talent and and, and he's not a top prospect, but it for, for fantasy purposes, it, it doesn't really matter. If he's gonna steal and they're gonna let him steal then he's he has to be picked up in like every roto league because he has the potential to put up game changing amounts of stolen bases. I mean, the number of stolen bases he's putting up there. I mean, they could be like Birdie Mondesi levels. Like he could just steal every single game, multiple times a game if he gets on base. Um, and he yeah, has and also, the K rate uh, walk rate. Sorry, to sustain not to interrupt, but also like the playing time might have been a little iffy at first, but they've already. Like they've already, it seems like the Padres are already committed to him. Like they're they're playing him now, even though you know Profer's fine or whatever. You know he's coming back, and they're they're playing Ruiz. So I, I mean that's like that would be the only drawback for me. But they've decided to play him, so that should be a like a no brainer. Yeah, he's uh, he's played six games, Gray. He's already registered the eighth highest sprint speed of the season. So, I mean, he has legit, you know, game changing speed. Whether the rest comes along or not, he's 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 a gamble you have to take. Yep. All right, so let's get into your your top one hundred, Gray. Uh, as you mentioned, kind of as in the intro and everything, this is um, not their combined first half numbers. I mean, I'm just going to let you walk through kind of what you're doing, what you have in your projections and what your ranking process looks like for this second half that, that people are going to be looking at. Uh, yeah. So I, I sort of bounce between uh, the player Raider and then the rest of the season player Raider. So the rest of the season player Raider is what guys are supposed to do. And then the player Raider is what guys have done. So, you know, it's like, it's sort of like a, uh, you know, a, a mad science between like the, the two. I, I don't, I feel like second half rankings lean more on what a guy has done versus what they should do uh, to a certain extent. Like, I, you know, there's no, there's no like set pattern of like, oh, 70% what they've done and 30% what they could do. But, you know, relatively, yeah, it's more, more or less like, you know, there's certain guys with long track records like, uh, you know, Juan Soto, for instance, like he's got a long, he's got a track record of like hitting well. So even though he didn't hit well uh, batting average wise in the first half, I'm still anticipating him to hit for a good batting average in the second half because he's done it in the past. He's good. Everyone knows he's good. I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing to be, uh, you know, I don't have to belabor that point, but I, you know, and the, but there's other guys who are like, you know, you look at a guy like say like Tony Gosling, who wouldn't have been in the second half. He wouldn't have been in the, uh, you know, the top 100 in the preseason he is in the top 100 
now and that's you know that's probably leaning heavier on like what he did what he has done versus what he will do even though I'm hoping he sort of like holds together in the second half but there should there should be some regression there now there isn't you know there is also like I didn't rank him so high like he would be just because of what he had done but you know it, it's like there needs to be some acknowledgement of what he did in the in the top 100 that he has to be there somewhere like maybe not ranked in the top 25 but like somewhere because you know the acknowledgement of what he has done and what he could do potentially and then there's other guys like you know there's a like a Lords Goriel Jr who wasn't really very good in the first half but you know the rest of the season like last year his second half was so good that he's like you know someone who I'm looking at like more I'm more looking at what he could do versus what he did do. So it's like, you know, it doesn't necessarily, it's not like every player is being ranked based on what they could do or what they have done. There's like this mix of both that are sort of like, I'm weighing both kind of with each guy. And, you know, hopefully there's a, there's a little bit of a rhyme and reason, even though there's, you know, there's certain elements definitely where it feels like, you know, why is like, uh, you know, Josh Hader just had a, a bad, you know, week, <laughs> but he had such a great first two and a half months. So it's like, you know, there's that, like, it's just, you know, it's hard. It's, it's really hard to rank. Definitely. It's hard to rank at all, but it's definitely hard to rank in the middle of the season because, you know, guys come back from the break. And if a guy is like, you know, like a guy like, I don't know, I don't want to jinx anyone, but, you know, Verlander <laughs> comes back and has a bad first two starts out of the break, then suddenly he looks much worse and he's not going to be like a top 25 overall guy anymore. But as of right this second, yeah, I mean, so this is real, like, you know, this is very, the top 100 in the second half is very fluid, but yeah, this is how I feel as of, like, right this moment. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, to your point, like, skills change, people develop new skills, they get new opportunities, like you said, with Tony, uh, you know, he, he got he got an opportunity, he's shown that his, his skills are up for the challenge, uh, so you have to rank with that, but also, he doesn't have the track record, like you said, like, of some of the players at at the top to, to necessarily carry it over and just expect him to do it. And just watching, you know, just the eye test says that he's not, probably not quite that good as he was there. As we're looking at second half and we're talking about projections, we're talking about such a smaller size than the full season we were at the beginning. And when we were looking at draft season, which is really the other primary ranking season. And so like there's also a part of it where you're looking at upside because so many people are going to be in that, I don't know, like five to eight home runs, like one to three stolen bases, 260. Right. Like, and and so like batting order and then upside definitely becomes part of it too because if if they're good across the whole season because they're, they're doing consistency, that's great. But if we're looking at you trying to go from fifth in the standings to first – you you need to make that move to where maybe you sell off a you know a, a guy that's going to give you consistency for you know a higher variance higher risk play. 
Right. Yeah, no, totally. So, like, for instance, like, Tommy Edmund wasn't good, wasn't great for the last couple weeks. But he's the kind of guy who, like, for the month of August, he could steal 12 bags. That, in the second half, like, that's huge for, like, one, like, you know, one half, uh, you know, for just the second half. That would be really big. But, like, a guy like Austin Hayes, who's just more of a compiler, and, like, if he gets, like, you know, the runs and RBIs and, like, 10 homers and, like, two or three steals, but he gets, like, you know, 35 RBIs and, like, 30 runs and hits 275, like, that could probably be more valuable than Edmund if Edmund continues to slump and doesn't have that, you know, one big month. But it's, like, those sort of things, it's, like, how much do you want to, like, go for that, like, big month? Like, you want, like, a guy like, you know, Edmund, to me, is, like, so valuable if he does, like, run into, like, a big month and has, like, you know, a 12-plus steal month. That's, like, that's huge compared to, like, Austin Hayes, which is good and probably, in reality, going to be a top 100 player easily because of runs and RBIs and batting average. Like, Hayes isn't going to kill you in those, so he's probably going to be ranked around. Like, he'll probably end up, like, as a top 100 overall guy. Uh, but for the second half, I mean, I like Hayes. I actually I ranked Hayes in the top 100. But he's also a guy that's, like, I mean, how valuable is that from, like, day to day, like, compared to, like, you know, say a Hunter Renfro who isn't ranked in the top 100? Like, a Hunter Renfro can easily have, like, an Austin Hayes type ye- a type second half. But, you know, it's like, but whereas, like, you know, not just because, like, Edmund runs and those guys don't, but it's just, like, if a guy can excel in one category, like, that's even why, like, I ranked Fran Mel Reyes in the top 100 because like he can excel in power in such a huge way that it's worth that sort of ranking and that flyer on a guy like Fran Mel Reyes, you know? Yeah, absolutely. All right. So let's get into, we're going to start with some of the biggest player ranker player Raider differences here. So kind of the current player Raider versus rest of season. And then looking at your ranking and where the differences are, so there's a few guys that are obvious. They miss some time, so their player Raider numbers down. That's Eloy, Chris Bryant, Ronald Acuna. Anything to say on those three real quick, Gray? Yeah, well, I mean, I I worry the the if I say Eloy Jimenez's name three times, he will pull a hamstring. That's a, <laughs> that's a scientific fact. So that, that concerns me a little bit. He actually disappears hey, from your hey, roster rather Eloy than appearing. Jimenez is in like the clubhouse, and it's like, hey, uh, anyone want to grab lunch? Eloy raises his hand to to signify he wants to grab lunch, and hurts his elbow. <laughs> that's that's what goes on with Eloy Jimenez. Um, so yeah, I mean, he is kind of like what I was saying with Framil. Like Eloy could have a, a big second half. Like he's the potential's there. I mean, he is sort of getting to the point, though. I mean, this is about this is about like, 
you know, uh, July 20th through the end of September. So I don't want to make this about 2023, but Eloy is getting dangerously close to like the point where like, if he doesn't have a good second half, I don't know if I can even, I don't even know if I can draft him next year. Like, (laughs) I mean, he's going to fall so hard in rankings next year. Like, man, he is like, so bad like staying on the field wise like god it's like it's really difficult uh to get excited about him but you know there's that potential there's obviously you know if he's if he's out there and he's able to hit he's usually pretty good when he's hitting so yeah i mean i i like him like if you can if you can gamble on it i i don't mind it and then there's chris bryant who I feel like is is kind of similar, but if he's healthy and in cores, I mean, outside of like you know, he did miss time this year, obviously. Um, but if he's healthy, and I I don't really look at Chris Bryant quite the same as Eloy. Like I don't think Chris Bryant is necessarily like a guy who can't stay on the field. Like last year, he was fine. Uh, you know, he 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 was fine. Like going into like for the last like for his whole career really he's been okay to stay on the field like he hasn't really like a few things here or there but not like chronically so you know i think chris bryant could definitely be a uh, a good buy low right now if you're able to get him um i don't think he's really like i don't think he's amazing like you know i was saying like austin hayes he's kind of in that mold where like a good second half from Chris Bryant is maybe like 15 homers like that's and this is really like ceiling projections like 15 homers and a 300 plus average you know with no real speed which is good i mean that's a great second half don't get me wrong but you know that i think that's kind of like and that's really pie in the sky type numbers uh from him more than likely he's like 10 homers, 280 average. And then Acuna, I think he could probably carry a team. Like, he could potentially be the number one player uh, for the rest of the season. Like, he he has that potential. Like, he could go – he could get, like, a 10-plus a homer month with, like, 15-plus steals. I mean, he could have, like – he could be a guy who could make a complete difference in the second half for a fantasy team. So, yeah, I I like them all for, you know, gambles. I think uh, if, you know, if I'm, you know, being realistic, I think Chris Bryant's probably safer than Eloy, but Eloy has more upside. And Acuna is obviously, like, the, the biggest upside guy. Yeah, I mean, Eloy has put up, like, ten, nine and ten home run months you know, pretty much throughout his career, whenever he's healthy. So I really think Eloy is kind of the upside shot. Like if you if you're really chasing home runs and that, like he is definitely a guy that could make it. He's he could make like a Jordan type of difference uh, if he could stay healthy. Um, Bryant, yeah, he has kind of become more of the five to seven home run a month guy. But he, you know, he has put together high home run months before, and he's in the right ballpark. So we'll see what happens. With Bryant, yeah, obviously Acuna is the game changer. I'll go ahead and throw Ramon uh, Laureano in here too because he definitely missed some time as well, not because of injury, because of the suspension. Um, but he's he's here in your top 100 as well. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. You know, he's another guy who I 
if it honestly, this is how uh, much these things change. Like as of like, I released the top 100 on the Patreon uh, last week. And he wasn't in the top 100. And then he had a great week. And I was like, yeah, I mean, he could potentially, like, you could see a scenario where he has, like, a, uh, a 12 homer, 12 steal, 270 average type second half. Uh, even, I mean, he could get traded to the Yankees and, you know, honestly be at the top of that lineup and look like a totally different fantasy type player uh for the second half i you know i don't know i don't know his contract to be uh totally uh totally honest i think he's probably he's probably a uh, definitely a trade target because everyone on the a's is i would assume he is uh you know potentially uh up for you know being traded like 75 percent chance everyone <laughs> on the a's gets traded um so yeah i think uh i think loriano you know, if he's in on a better team, hitting at the top of a better team's lineup, and goes twelve for twelve with a two seventy average, that's I mean, that's easy top one hundred. It just depends on uh, you know whether or not he can get there, and I think he could. I th- I think it, that potential's there. I, I don't see anything really in his numbers that's uh, you know that worrisome. Like his uh, his average has been a little bit lower recently. Like in the last couple of years, he's sort of like. His Babbitt has fallen uh, more because of, I think, weak contact versus anything. So, yeah, I mean, you know, he's not the greatest of players. I, I think he's probably in a, in a shallow mixed league. He probably was on waivers as of, like, you know, a couple weeks ago. Uh, he's probably off waivers now if your league is competitive. So, yeah, I think, uh, I think he could be a, a solid bet for, like, you know, top – 75 overall, top 100 overall uh, type numbers in the second half. Yeah, I mean, anybody that's stealing bases, you know, that can put up big stolen base numbers is is worthy of, of a roster spot. Uh, nine on the season, so that's not, not a huge number, but he definitely could put up, uh, you know, some stolen base numbers, especially if he does get traded. He has two years of arbitration left, which kind of puts him in that wheelhouse for Oakland to potentially move. Uh, most teams that'd be p- fine, but Oakland, as soon as you hit ARB, it's time to go ahead and move on. So there's definitely a possibility <laughs> there. Uh, and I say nine stolen bases isn't a lot. Like that's tied for 38th most this year. So it's it does matter. Nine stolen bases is still significant uh, to some extent in this in this climate of, of baseball ring. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, if you look at like the player Raider and you see like, uh, you know, like if you sort by steals, like there's like JT Real Muto has like the 18th most uh, steel production. Like <laughs> it's like nothing. I mean, it's like nothing. Like it's like if you have 10 plus steals, that's huge right now like or or nine in in Loriano's case I mean it's like you know like Loriano I think Loriano could potentially steal like you know if he could steal 15 bags and a half ah I mean that's probably top 50 overall like you know we'll talk about I think he's on the list to talk about like but like Michael Harris the second like you know he came out of nowhere and just because he's stealing 
he's like suddenly like you know ta- like he's up there with like some of the top like outfielders for like the year not necessarily even the uh the second half like Harris right now is like top 50 for outfielders and what's he ha- what's he going on like two months versus like you know probably I, not even I, two months yet yeah not even two months so it's like yeah I mean you don't need much, you know, like Michael Harris, you know, like even, uh, you know, Cody Bellinger who's had a, a terrible season. Um, you know, he's given up, he's given some steals. So even he's been like, you know, not great, obviously, but he's been as valuable as Marcel Ozuna because Ozuna is giving no, giving no uh, steals value. So, it's like Bellinger Ozuna. I think most people would be like, "Oh, Ozuna for sure," uh, but I, you know, Bellinger's been as valuable as him, and and neither have you know neither have been great. Like, let's, let's be real here, <laughs> and neither are in my top one hundred. But still, yeah, I mean, it's like steals really are like huge right now. If you can get like even a handful of steals from guys, like you know. Uh, <laughs> It's just like crazy the different steals are making for like fantasy value. Yeah, it's just how rare they are. And so yeah, that's another reason why like a guy like Ruiz has to be has to be picked up if he's available. Um we already talked about Fremel Reyes a little bit when we were we were talking about kind of the high upside. Anything you want to add to him? Uh yeah, no. I mean, he's definitely a guy where I was leaning pro- uh, you know, I was saying before I was like 70, 30, uh, like what a guy had done versus what a guy will do. But yeah, he's probably the reverse. He's probably more 30, 70. Uh, whereas like I'm, I'm leaning way heavier on what Framel could do because Framel, like, like you mentioned, Jordan, I mean, there's a few guys where you're like, okay, these, eh, I would even put, you know what? I'd even put Hunter Hunter Renfro in that category. But there's a few guys, or like Adam Duvall, if he gets hot. Like there's a couple guys who could just like for a month to like six weeks could just have like an insane homer like streak. Like what we see with Schwarber every June. Like you know, it's like they they just have these like insane stretches where they hit so many homers. And if you get into an insane stretch where you hit a lot of homers in the second half, you could be easily, you could like move yourself into like a top 50 overall for the second half type conversation. Like, you know, not necessarily going to happen, but like a Reese Hoskins could do that. Uh, You know, we saw, we saw it in the first half with Brandon Drury. I, you know, like if a guy gets, hot and gets into a streak where he's hitting a lot of a lot of homers then it, like his his value can like skyrocket and Fran Mil Reyes is a guy like if there's if there's like maybe five guys who could hit 20 homers in the second half and it's uh, 20 homers in the second half is not easy no. like it's like you're you're talking about like you know essentially two two 10 homer months and you know, in a to give people an idea, like uh, in a month you get roughly a hundred at bats. So you're talking like, and that's you know that's playing every day and getting like five at bats in a game. Anyway, that's like ten home. That's like you know one homer every ten at bats. 
To do that over the course of two months, that's a lot of home runs. So if you look at like a Fran Reyes, he's he's a possible for that, for like 20 homers and a half. I'd say Fran Mill, Jordan, Aaron Judge, Giancarlo, Pete Alonzo, Schwarber. Schwarber. Like there's very few. Like there's literally like maybe five to seven names that I could see doing it. So it's no. not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Me, yeah. Like, Otani. Yeah, Otani. But there's very few. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I mean, I, you know, honestly, Framel. If you just look at his numbers for the first half, you're like, he should not be top 100. He shouldn't even be top 200. <laughs> but yeah. the potential is there. Yeah, that's why he shows up on this list as the ranking differences. But as you mentioned, he is just that has that potential to make the difference. I mean, you can go from mid-pack and home runs up to you know the top three or four with one or two of those guys that are sitting out there, you know, that that make the difference. So let's move on to Lucas Giolito. He's been a roller coaster this season. He has had a great month and a bad month and then a great month and then just a dreadful, awful, soul-crushing month. Um, so you're promising me he's going to get better with your ranking, right? <laughs> right? Yeah, man. Yeah, pinky swear. Yeah, bro. I'm promising you. <laughs> Yeah, I got. I also got a bridge in Kansas. You interested in going in halfsies? What's up? <laughs> I uh, I don't know, man. I I mean, if you look at like Giolito's xFIP and his uh, his Ks and his walks, he looks like a guy who should be much better. I mean, he's honestly his Babbitt is out of control. Like he's poster boy for being unlucky, according to his numbers. His Babbitt is three thirty eight. He's 270-ish uh, for his career. He's got like a, he's got a 10.4 K per nine. His walks are a little high, but not ridiculously high. I mean, he's got a 3.3 walk per nine. He had a 3.5 walk per nine in 2020. Uh, you know, even though that was a weird year. Um, yeah, I mean, his numbers don't jump off the page as being awful until you look at like his ERA and you're like, Oh, 4.669 ERA. That's terrible. So, I mean, if you're looking at for a guy who you could buy low on, I, I don't mind the buy low. I, I think Giolito still has and to me. He still got like the allure of being potentially like the ACE that we thought we were getting going into this year. If worse at worst, I think he's probably a, a 3.5 ERA guy. He's not a 4.7 ERA guy. So, yeah, I I like him for the buy low. Yeah, I can, I can see the buy low. I will say there are some things that worry me. Uh, he, his velocity has been steadily decreasing this season to the point that he's, he's sub-93 miles per hour on his velocity here in July. Um, he's leaning more on the slider and change. He's throwing the four seamer less, which in theory is perfectly fine. The slider and change are working the four seamers not throw those two more. But when you make that adjustment, sometimes that comes with a little bit of a, uh, counter adjustment period where they just start laying off of that and make you throw the four seamer. Uh, so with the walks being high, I do worry if he can't get the slider and change over, that leaves him susceptible to 
that four-seamer coming over the plate a little bit too often. Um, but I think in regards to just the the price per the upside, I, I think it's fine. I, it's probably ranked a little bit higher than I would have him. Um, but you're right about the upside. It's absolutely there. Yep. Uh, another guy whose numbers don't really match up with production necessarily is Brandon Woodruff. He's been a lot better after the start of the season, though. Anything to add here on Woody? No, yeah, no. I'm honestly, I mean, I guess his ERA is 3.93, so that is high. Um, so if you're just looking at that, I could see why you you might think uh, Woodruff is, uh, you know, not having the the best of years. But like you said. Since since the uh, you know since he came back from injury he's been great and I mean I don't even think I didn't think most people thought of him as like a buy low to be honest like he would be a good buy low for me if I thought anyone considered him a buy low but his numbers are great outside of like you know the the goofy month that he had like in the beginning of the year like his his April was terrible. Um, and then his May was like a little bit iffy at first, but since he's been back, he's been great. And yeah, I would definitely buy him low if I, if I thought that was a possibility. I just don't know if really realistically anyone thinks of him as a buy low, but yeah, I mean, I guess maybe if someone's looking at just his ERA, because his numbers like K per nine and walk per nine is uh, 11.4 and 2.9. I mean, that's. He's an ace. I mean, there. I don't. I don't see anything wrong with him, really, outside of like, you know, he didn't have the greatest start to his season, but he's been fine ever since. Yeah, I. Uh, I said it. Said, what I said was uh, at the beginning of this year, as he was struggling, was he just didn't look right. It looked like something was wrong with him, and comes out something was wrong with him. He was injured. He got some time, fixed that. Since then, uh, he came back at the end of June. He has a 2.38 ERA. Uh, he's striking out over 12K per nine. So, yes, he is he is fully back. But, yes, if somebody's looking at the season long and is, is worried about him, uh, I, there's a potential for buying opportunity there if you can, like, move. And, and you know, this is where you have to know your, your league mates. If there's somebody who kind of values this season more than his, historic or maybe a little worried about the, the, the high numbers and looks at him at the service level, Maybe you can move like a Gosling and a, a piece for a, a Woodruff. Uh, if you yeah, if you could do that, you, you should, a you should get a more competitive league. <laughs> but b, <laughs> b you should absolutely do that. Uh, actually, switch those. Uh, do the trade first, then get a more then competitive get, yeah. league. Win the league yeah. first, take the money, yeah. and then join yeah. you know a, a high stakes league. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> All right. So moving on to Josh Hader, who. Uh, is kind of the opposite of Woodruff. He started out his normal, amazing self. And then over, since June started, basically, like, it's been bad. He's, it's just <laughs> gone. Like, the sinker's not moving. It's lost movement both horizontally and vertically. You have him ranked to where you're still just trusting him that he's going to figure it out here in the second half uh, and get get kind of that, that movement and that velocity back. But uh, are you worried about Josh Hader? I mean, it's it's not been the same. Yeah, I know, but you know, it's like it's not been the same in like five innings. <laughs> I mean, it's such a small sample size. He could come out of the break and be like, "Oh, I I realized what I was doing," and 
He could be totally fine. I mean, I just have I have such a hard time taking like, you know, I mean, in with relievers in general, their sample sizes are so small. I mean, he has he had only 25 innings of being great and he has 5 innings of being terrible. So it's like I don't know what to make of that. I mean, I guess I guess he could be he could come out of the break still looking bad and like if he has a bad August, yeah, that's gonna. I mean, that's he's gonna have an. He's gonna have a bad year if he has like if he has another like five to ten innings of not being great. His his entire year is gonna be shot. But if he has a good second half, then we're gonna look back at like the last five innings from him and be like, yeah, it was just a little blip, and he figured out what he was doing wrong. Is there a chance that Devin Williams could become the closer for the Brewers in August? Yeah. I mean, that's possibly. I mean, Hader could potentially come back from the break, not look good, and be like, you know what? Like, there's something wrong, and, you know, maybe he has a fan of my L stint. I don't know. I mean, it's it's so hard to say with relievers because the sample sizes are so small. But, I mean, his numbers – for the year, look fine. I mean, he's got a 15.6K per nine and a 3.3 uh, walk per nine. Those are in line with previous years. He has a 2.53 XFIP. I mean, everything seems fine on the year. It's just in the last five innings, he's been really bad. And he's been like, don't let me underplay it. He's been awful. <laughs> like, he's been really like unusable for like the last like five appearances or or however many appearances it's been uh, over the course of five innings. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I still tend to believe like historically he's been great. I think he's going to be great again. I don't know. I, I don't have a problem being in on hater uh, still, but yeah, it could go sideways for sure. Uh, you know what? I, I, I don't want to like put any faith in this because this is really dumb and I'm going to say it anyways, but I wonder if there's something that happens like towards the all-star break. Maybe he just starts getting worn out. Maybe the overuse starts to get to him because in his career, I mean, he has a sub two ERA in April, May, and June, and then a five Oh six ERA in the month of July. Um, I just wonder if something happens like towards the all-star break where he just gets kind of tired from, the way that they use him, quite frankly, um, and it just kind of balloons. Obviously, that this this July is not helping that, but he struggled last July as well. He had a 9.53 ERA last July, and then he had a 0.81 ERA the rest of the the way out. Um, I, I, I'm going to say I'm not worried about Hater. Um, if anything, he's actually added velocity. Uh, that's actually something that happened last July as well. He added velocity kind of ballooned up his ERA, but then he got it under control uh, and, and you already heard what the numbers look like. So, yeah, um, I mean, that could, you know, that's honestly, I, I, I don't uh, disregard that completely. I think, uh, you know, if he's overthrowing right now, that's, I mean, that could be a problem. Like, you know, just because he's throwing, you know, harder doesn't necessarily mean it's a, a better thing. Like it could be a worse thing for him if he's, you know, if his velocity's up a little bit. Like he's, I, I think he's going to be fine too, though. Yeah, I mean, pinpoint ninety six is better than 
you know, slipping over the middle 97 in the majors. So if right. he can get back to where he's just controlling it better, and that's what's always kind of been the great thing about Hader is like he throws it hard. He has nasty movement and, you know, he can find the zone. So I, I think it's just a blip. I would, I would be buying Hader if somebody's worried about this personally. Um, Nick Castellanos, he's on pace for 18, six, two fifty. He's another <laughs> one to who pops up here. Gray. I mean, those are not great numbers. Um, ah, <laughs> the one year <laughs> I get the Schmohawk. I mean, Oh God, he's been awful. I, I can't believe, like you look at his numbers and you're like, I mean, it's no wonder that I'm in sixth place in the RCL. I have, Nick Castellanos and Teoscar Hernandez. I mean, it's no surprise that two of my top seven round picks are just so awful that it's like, of course, my team's not good for hitting. I mean, I, I it's not surprising to me. Um, yeah, he's he's awful. I mean, he's really bad. Nick Castellanos sucks. <laughs> he's uh, he's a sucker who sucks. Uh yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I, I think, honestly, like, he, I was looking at his numbers um, for, was it, uh, was it another YouTube video? Or I don't know why I was like, maybe it was just for my projections and my rankings for the second half. I was looking at his numbers, though, recently. And his ground balls are just up, and his fly balls are up. And his, like, he's not making, like, he used to be the Greek god of hard contact. He's making no contact. I mean, he's making some he is making some weak ass contact. Like his contact is awful, dude. Like it is so bad. It's hard to find like anyone like anyone who's hitting this bad for contact, you're not going to find like a great hitter, you know? Like it's like, oh, he is like, you know, basically Tony Kemp. <laughs> He's Tony Kemp, bro. He's, I mean, that's awful. Like, his his hard contact, it's like, oh, oh, that's bad. <laughs> oh, you know, like, his line drives. Like, he used to be a guy who, like, made really great contact. Like, he didn't necessarily always elevate the ball and hit the ball out, but he always hit, like, good hard contact line drives. His contact's awful now. Like, it's really bad. Like, it's kind of like, you know, I I think he's honestly in for a bad year, and I wouldn't necessarily ba- uh, consider a bounce back for next year either. He is getting – I'm ranking him in the top 100 for just sheer, like, historical purposes because I think, honestly, this could be the last year we see him as a top 100 guy. I – I think his numbers are really bad. I, I, I was comparing him. I think at one point I compared him to Nick Markakis, and that's uh, that looks like what ha- what's happening here. It's not good. Yeah, it looks really bad. Um, that's why I needed to bring him up here. I don't. I just don't know if I could even stick him inside the top 100 right now. I understand what he's done historically and, and how he does get hot at times. Definitely, but I just it just looks so bad right now. And I have a question, Grant. Like. I think the 21, 2021 Reds were cheating. I've just come to this conclusion. Like, as we were <laughs> yeah. talking about this, the yeah, 2021 man. Reds were cheating. You know Votto, That's Castellanos, right. and India were all cheating. 
Yeah, bro. Oh my god. They were like, yo, let's cheat to come in fourth. <laughs> they were total cheaters, bro. They were fourth place cheaters. What's worse than a fourth place cheater? Honestly, is there anything? I don't even know if they came in fourth place. Now someone's <laughs> gonna comment on YouTube and be like, they were in third place. <laughs> they beat like, the, repo- the terrible Honestly, Cubs. Honestly, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. So don't comment and correct me because I also don't care. I don't care. <laughs> they didn't win the division. No. They didn't go to the playoffs. Doesn't yeah. matter. And they were definitely they were cheating. Bad. Clearly they cheating. Were, I don't care. I <laughs> Like honestly, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I said fourth place for the for the joke. Let it go, uh, random YouTube commenter. Let it go. All right, okay. all right. Let's let it go. You know what's honestly what's kind of funny? Sorry, <laughs> not to uh, go too far off the rails here, but it's like. The comments on Razzball are always so nice, and I get, like, spoiled because all our commenters are, like, for the most part, they're nice guys or, you know, the, the, the three women. <laughs> there's not there's not even three, I don't think. I joke around. writers, five, <laughs> I joke around saying there's five girl readers. I, don't, I think there's one. But anyway, um, but Razzball, we get such nice comments. And then anywhere else... It's like, I guess people just don't feel the same, like, love, or I don't know. It's like, or they're just not as attached to you, but, like, you go on YouTube, and it's like, suddenly people are yelling at me. It's like, dude, I I don't, who are you yelling at? I I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) I will say for our show, for our show, very nice comments. I appreciate everybody's comments that is coming on our show. Uh, uh, maybe these are your clips with uh, with other people. Yeah, you know, yeah but... probably, probably just <laughs> my clips. Okay. Anyway, speaking of another guy that's fading, that I I don't know if I can stick in my top 100 right now, and that's JD Martinez. The average is there; he's still in the top of the lineup, but like he is not hitting for power. It's continued to fade. I, I just don't see. He uh, have him in the top 60. You have him over CJ Crone. I think that's my biggest gripe. Is at this point, like I would much rather have CJ Crone than J.D. Martinez if we're talking about a power, middle-of-the-bat type of, of guy. Yeah, I mean, I guess I could see that. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, it's like, it's so hard, it's so hard to rank anything. It's like, because um, there's so much, like, this general area is these players. You know, it's like, is this guy really better than this other guy? I don't know for some stuff like JD Martinez. I, I feel you with like the power being down. I do think like he is a solid average guy. He's going to get good runs in RBIs because the lineup is good. Fenway helps with his Babbitt. So even though he may not be a 380 Babbitt guy, he is like probably a 330 to 340 Babbitt guy, which helps him hit for a good average. So he's probably a 280 hitter. Will he hit 25 homers in the second half? No, probably not. <laughs> and it's unlikely that the power comes back completely. But then you look at, like, C.J. Crone, and his splits are, like, awful. Like, he is terrible on the road. Like, he is – like, every Rockies guy, for people who don't know, like, uh, the Rockies – like, the Coors obviously helps players, but it also hurts them when they go on the road – like it's not just a matter of helping them at home. It actually literally hurts them and everyone's splits become more pronounced because the difference between Coors and everywhere else, it changes it. it, it honestly, it like it changes the player 
So it's like it takes a while before they can adjust. And most road trips just doesn't give it a, the opportunity for the player to adjust. So CJ Crone's splits are awful. So he's like he's nearly unstartable on the road. So is CJ Crone really better than JD Martinez? I guess. I mean, I don't know. It's <laughs> it, for me, it's like it's kind of a push. Yeah. Uh, you know, like someone in the comments today. Uh, called JD uh, just doubles Martinez, which is honestly, it's kind of fair. I mean, he is kind of just doubles at this point. I don't know if he hits even 10 homers in the second half. I have, uh, I have him on that uh, labor team where I was talking about in the beginning where I'm chasing uh, Jeff Zimmerman uh, from Fangrass. Um, I have JD Martinez and I haven't taken him out of the lineup. And I'm in third, uh, you know, pushing second, uh, hoping for first. And he's been fine. It's a it's a 12 team mixed league, and he's been fine for like average and runs and RBIs. He hasn't been great for power, but you know, you need guys for counting stats and average too. So yeah, I mean, he's I don't know. I I think he's getting a bad rap now because of he he's hitting for no power. I think his I think his other stats are, are, you know, they're able to lift him enough. I don't think he's necessarily great anymore. Like, he's not going to be a top 20 player, but he's around, you know, I don't know. He, he's been fine. <laughs> I, I, I don't feel, like, strongly. <laughs> enough. I don't feel that strongly that he's, like, awful, and I don't feel that strongly that he's great. He's yeah, fine. I think, yeah. I think, he, I think he's going to be – I think he'll, you know, like I mentioned earlier, like Austin Hayes, you know, maybe J.D. Martinez is a little too high in my top 100. But, yeah, I I think he's still fine for four, for three, for three categories, runs, RBIs, and average. Not No steals, not great for homers, but not, I, I mean, but he'll chip in a few. I don't think he's going to be a complete zero for power. Yeah, I mean, he's gone. The only problem is, like, he's gone from, like, Jordan Alvarez style, like, production to, like, Brian Reynolds. Like, so it, it's fine. It's absolutely necessary to have. You need the, the average, the runs, the RBIs. You need that balancing out for the guys who are just doing stolen bases for you, quite honestly. Um, but, yeah, it's just, uh, it's, it's really hard to get excited about JD Martinez these days. Uh, somebody that's not hard to get excited about is Aaron Judge. We know what he can do. We've seen what he can do already this year. He's already top of the player radar. You're muted, Gray. Wait, sorry. Before we uh, move on, I just looked up uh, CJ Crone's uh, splits, uh, and they just they were they were so good. <laughs> they were so good. I had to uh, I oh, had yeah, to I actually just... say them. Uh, home home. He's got 16 homers and hitting 352 in away games. He has five homers and two twenty nine. <laughs> he's got, yeah. I mean, he's only got fourteen runs in away games. Uh, the Rockies are just so bad. I I don't know if the Rockies will. It's kind of interesting that the Rockies ever made the playoffs because their home and away splits are so awful that it's like it's almost like Coors makes it like the stadium itself makes it impossible for them to be a real contender. Um, anyway, uh, go ahead. Go back to what you were saying. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I was just going to say, you know, obviously Aaron Judge has been great. You have him, uh, sorry, you have him, at, you know, right here at the top of your rankings. Uh, 
He has eight stolen bases on the first half. That's already his second best marker of his career. So hard to trust he's going to continue to necessarily steal at that rate. But maybe the bigger thing is he's only has those two full MLB seasons. Are you concerned for that second half, or are we just pushing kind of through the injury risk? Mm, yeah, no, I'm not really concerned. I, I think he's got as much injury risk as anyone else uh, that I would put in the top, like, you know, the top of the top. Like, you know, like Trey Turner's missed – he's got – he's had injuries in the past, and he's missed time. Um, Jose Ramirez, Acuna, uh, Cole is a pitcher. Uh, you know, I don't know. Any, any guys that are going to be up there, they're going to have somewhat – some injury risk. What's, you know, I, I don't know if judges any more than anyone else, uh, you know, maybe, but he's also doing yoga now. So, you know, <laughs> he's, he's fine. Yeah. I mean, the guy's him at the top. And, him and Donk, he started doing yoga over zoom with donkey teeth. And he's like, <laughs> you know, that's the answer to everything. Do zoom uh, yoga with donkey. That's that, that if no other takeaways from this podcast, that's your takeaway. <laughs> Uh, naked steam lodge uh, yoga is, I believe, is what it's called. <laughs> if you're looking for that, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. Like it, it, when you play every day, like everybody at the top does, and you you know you play that often, it's it's definitely easy to get an injury. Just figured I'd bring it up because that's what anybody who's looking at judge is going to say. Um, and in the stolen bases, they again, I don't expect eight for the second half, but it's been a nice little addition for him. Uh, definitely helped his his boost his player rater ranking. Otani number three for you is, I guess, one thing we didn't talk about off the top was, were you thinking daily roster, weekly roster? Does it matter for Otani? Because in weekly, he's 21 as a hitter, 33 as a pitcher. Um, but in daily, obviously, you get both, and that, that may even make him overjudge for me. Yeah, no, I mean, that, you know, I, I don't think I committed in my head to. <laughs> I think probably mentally I'm probably more of a daily guy. So that's probably my thought process there. But you're right. I mean, he probably would fall down a little bit in a, a weekly scenario. But I don't know. I, at this point, I can't see him really outside the top five. I mean, what he's doing is just like. It's mind blowing. I mean, he's like a, a top ten pitcher and a top ten hitter. Like it's crazy. Even though, I mean, you just said the numbers and he wasn't top ten for either. But I mean, in, <laughs> but when you put them together, it's like ah, it's so crazy. I mean, it's like so ah, yeah. He's he's to the point where it's like. I don't. I have a the source open and it has no more adjectives for him. It's like ah, <laughs> ah. Look up the synonym for ah. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd probably have him. I don't know, somewhere around like twelve. I, I couldn't take him over like Ronald Acuna Jr. in a weekly league, but in a, in a daily league, like I said, he may be number one overall for me. It just it's he's just such a, an advantage in that format. Um, Three pitchers in your top ten. I, I if I wasn't watching video with you, I would assume you had been kidnapped, and I'd be asking for the safe word. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I think the, uh, you know, like I mentioned in the actual post, um, if you would have read it, <laughs> I did. I'm giving you a chance you know, to tell them. I feel them. like in the second <laughs> half, you have like uh, there's a, the second half is like you know what you need for your teams to succeed in the second half. Like we're in a different place. Like if you're, 
you know, in the first half and in the preseason, I say, like, don't draft pitching high, uh, you know, wait a little bit, um, not wait forever. Like, I, I do say draft pitching like around 50 overall. So it's not like I'm saying wait forever. Anyway, I think in the in the preseason, you're getting guys like you, you wait on pitching and you get like a uh, Shane McClanahan and a Sandy Alcantara. And then, like, uh, you know, um, Justin Verlander falls to you. And this is like – and it's like, okay, now you're at this point in the se- in the second half and you're like, I don't, I don't even need the pitchers I have, let alone more pitching. But on the other hand, if you need pitching, then, like, Corbin Burns and Garrett Cole suddenly are more valuable. They're, they are – like, you should be going after – like, I am all for – like, if you need pitching in the second half, I have no problem going out and trading for, like, Corbin Burns. Like, if – like, I wouldn't dra- – I wouldn't have drafted him, but at this point, you know if you need pitching in your league, so you should go out and get him. Like, I – you know, like, it's like, don't lose on principle. <laughs> there's no – there's no – like, you're not going to get, like, a uh, – a trophy that says most principled fantasy player <laughs> like those that doesn't exist. Uh, so I would go out and I would trade for a top pitcher. If I needed pitching more than likely, if you followed my rankings, uh, you probably don't need pitching. Like, like you mentioned on Twitter, like uh, in the labor league where I mentioned earlier that I'm in, uh, I'm, I'm third, like I didn't draft pitching and I have better pitching than hitting in that league. Like that's just, and that is like how it is for a lot of my teams. Like I, I don't, I didn't draft pitching in our RCL league and I have so much pitching and I need hitting. Like, it's just <laughs> like, I, you know, I, maybe that says something about like which pit, which hitters I'm <laughs> drafting. Like maybe I need to reevaluate, but honestly, like hitting, I don't know, man. Like there's a few, like if you go wrong with a few hitters, like there's just like, there's, it, it's hard to come back from it. Like in my, uh, in like my tout league where I'm not doing well at all, I had like, you know, I drafted like Ozzy Albies. Now that like, how is that my fault that I, I spent money on Ozzy Albies? I didn't know he was going to get injured. I spent money on Juan Soto and he has like, you know, a terrible, um, you know, for him, at least a terrible average. And well, it's a it's actually it's an on base league, but still he doesn't have a great on base. Uh, for, he doesn't for him, at least his on base is like, I think, barely 400. And it's usually like 450. Like you can't account for that. So I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm just making excuses for myself. <laughs> Which is probably true, but whatever. I mean, if I'm not going to make excuses for myself, who's making excuses for me? (laughs) All right, let's talk about another guy uh, that I know you were very high on and you still remain high on. That's Boba Shed at 14. Right now he's on pace for about like a 25-15-260 season. Absolutely fine, but you have him for 14 overall. Uh, Are you you seeing something changing here, Gray? I mean, he has seven stolen bases. Six caught stalling, and, and I think maybe more important to me is he hasn't attempted more than four in any month. Last year, there was only month, one month he didn't attempt at least four stolen bases. Sprint speed's down. I just I, I, I can't get behind Bo Bichette at 14 with you. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, the uh, the rest of the season player, Raider, I just looked it up, and he's at 16 there. So, I, I mean, I'm not too far off. 
from them. Uh, them being uh, Steamer uh, slash Rudy. Um, so yeah, I mean, I get I get what you're saying. I you know I don't honestly. I feel like his uh, like he's the type who he could have like a a big month like he's done in the past like his 2021 year he had a big year let alone forget a month he had an entire year that was good uh yeah i mean he's not playing in minor league parks this year which which hurt him more than i probably should have i should have anticipated is going to hurt him more than it than i did um yeah i mean i still like bo bichette a lot i think he's a neutral 280 hitter with, uh, you know, not a lightning fast speed, but fast enough that he can get like, you know, uh, five steals in a month and, you know, end up with 10 steals on the year. I mean, excuse me, 10 steals on the second half. And he's got like five to six homer um, power per month. So 12, 10. 270 from him with good counting stats because the uh, the lineup is good. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have a problem with my projections. I guess it would come down to whether or not you think those projections really are worth a top 15 overall pick. I don't know. I mean, I think it is because he's got – like that feels like the base – and he has upside. I think he's got upside from there. You know, he's got ups, upside because of what we've seen in the past from him. Uh, again, not wasn't my, not minor league stadiums anymore, but I, I still think he's got upside. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. I I don't have a problem with where I have Bo Bichette ranked there. I don't know. All right. Uh, I mean, for me, here's what I'm going to throw at you, and it's it's uh, Julio Rodriguez, who is is the guy I would I would have. Uh, probably probably swap the two actually in the rankings. Um, move move Julio up to fourteen and Bichette down to I think twenty two is where Julio is for you right now. Uh, I mean Julio's already third in the league in stolen bases. He's got the two seventy five average. He's already sat. He's already in the mid in the top third of his lineup. Uh, obviously he's a rookie, so there's potential growing pains maybe coming in the second half. But just like the way he's playing, the way he's stealing, I, I would take him over Bichette at this point. Yeah, I mean, I, I got you got no argument for me. I mean, it's like I feel like it's splitting hairs between where they're ranked. He's like Julio Rodriguez is a twelve homer, twelve steal guy for me, but I think his floor just because I worry that like with any rookie, we we've never saw really an adjustment from him unless he's adjusted already, and this is how good he's going to be, which totally could be the case. Like I. I think he's really talented. I love Julio Rodriguez. I mean, I have him, like, essentially in the top 20. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I just worry maybe there's a little bit – the floor for him is maybe a little bit lower on average. But he does have great power and great speed. I mean, yeah, I think it's kind of splitting hairs. I, I don't have a problem with – if you want to uh, switch them, it's fine with me. All right, fair enough. I mean, I gotta ask you. That's what we're here to do: is the for me to just nitpick your rankings to hell, so that everybody else can uh, listen to that. So that's what we're here to do. Through fifty-seven, you have three starting pitchers: Alec Manoa, Max Fried, Zach Wheeler. I'm gonna nitpick again, and just because you have Manoa listed at the top of them, uh, only concern really with Manoa. I love him, but innings pitched, rest of season. Wheeler had a two hundred plus last year. 
Freed, he had 165 last year, so he can go 190, 200 this year. Any concern over Manoa's injury or innings pitched? No. no? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I feel pretty good about how I have those three ranked. Like Wheeler's had some issues, uh, uh, and yeah, I mean. Freed looks Freed looks like probably maybe the safest there, but also I don't think Freed's upside is quite as much as uh, the other two. Mm. And and Wheeler Wheeler is probably I mean Wheeler's probably you know uh, I, I think he's Wheeler's got upside actually, but I worry because of like the last um, you know the last couple starts from Wheeler have been. I, I think he had a wonky start or two. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of fine with the way those are ranked. I don't know. Yeah, he had the the four and two thirds with six earned at Toronto um, yeah. to to wrap up the the first half, which is not not a great way to end that that. But yeah, I I think uh, I'm fine with what you said. I just wanted to bring it up because Manoa does have some some potential inning concerns. So if you're just strictly chasing innings, if you're behind in strikeouts and wins. Maybe consider that, um, but that's pretty much the only thing I could potentially see there. Uh, you have Kershaw over Rodon, both injury risks. Rodon's a little bit higher on the current player rater. I just think Rodon's K's, K rate at this point is probably a higher upside than Kershaw. Uh, just kind of wanted to bring that up to you. Right. Well, the, I think the Rodon issue I have is still in the back of my head nagging is like last uh, September – he got he was so worn out by the end of the season that he he had an awful month of September last year uh and like one bad month is like that i mean th- that's yeah. going to knock a guy out of the top 100 completely so yeah and kershaw i do have an issue like kershaw i i do worry that he's not going to like they're going to shut him down with a phantom injury to have him well rested for the playoffs so i do have that concern with kershaw so they're both – I think there's issues with both of those guys, actually. But, yeah, I mean, you know, Rodon's issues worry me a little bit more just because of last year. If if he's fine this whole second half this year, then, you know, that, that'll be in the past and I'll be able to move on from that. But I'd like to see it, you know. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, we've never really seen Kershaw struggle. Like, he's either injured or he's, he's amazing. Exactly, so. yeah. Yeah, that's completely fair. Um, Michael Harris second. This is the last guy. I know it's been a long show, but I figured it's the all-star break. People have a little bit maybe extra time not managing their rosters anyways. So Michael Harris the second, Number 12 on the player radar over the last 30 days. We already talked about him with the stolen bases. He's down there with like the Lourdes Gurriels and Nick Castellanos. Um, I think just for stolen bases, I- I'm moving Michael Harris quite a bit up. I do worry a little bit more with him than, say, a Julio Rodriguez that there's a second-half adjustment coming. Um, but, I mean, Michael Harris has looked great since he's come up. Yeah, no, completely. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm really – I like, I have him ranked uh, 150 picks above where the rest of the season player Raider has him. I mean, I, I'm definitely a uh, – like I'm a fan for sure. I would I would go out and I would trade for him. I would you know he he might even be available in like some of the shallower leagues. I don't know. He he shouldn't be, but you never know with like shallow leagues. Um, I think he's got potential for like a huge second half, or also like you said, an adjustment period. And Michael Harris could like he could be a drop too, like by 
uh, mid-August. Like if he if he struggles, like he's going to be a guy. He's like a fifth outfielder right now, uh, looking at being you know potential for a third outfielder, also potentially off of a team, uh, off of a fantasy team because like if he struggles, he's hitting ninth. You know, that's so counting stats are going to suck. He's going to be like, you know, if he struggles, there's, you know, there's guys there, Eddie Rosario. uh, There's, you know, there's potential for a platoon. I don't think it's going to happen. Like, don't get me wrong. I think he's, I think he's guaranteed playing time right now. I think he'll be fine and I like him a lot, but he's still kind of iffy to move up much higher than this, I think at least. Yeah, that's fair. The, the the spot in the lineup is is concerning because he's there's really nowhere for him to move up unless there's an injury. There's they're just it's a good lineup there they've built in Atlanta, so um, it, it is hard to potentially see him providing the counting stats to move up very high. Um, but the stolen bases, I think, are going to add. But he definitely has struggled kind of coming down to this All Star break, hitting 200 here in July. So it's been a little bit of an adjustment period already. Um, but I, I think the stolen bases, if you're chasing them, he moves up. If you're kind of setting that, that position, then maybe you do want to take the ups or the power and, and counting stats from a Gurriel Castillo. Yeah, that's, type. I mean, that's, a, you know, this is, uh, this is going on, uh, a five hour podcast. So I do <laughs> want to wrap up, but yeah, I, I, that's a good takeaway for like, in general, if you made it this far, Hey, thanks for listening. I got one more point to make, okay? (laughs) (laughs) I will say, like, that's a good takeaway for, like, the top 100 or just the second half in fantasy in general. Like, if you need steals, Michael Harris II is more valuable than, like, J.D. Martinez, who we met, who we, uh, who we met earlier. <laughs> yeah, you might remember him. We met him <laughs> earlier. No, it, like, it, like there's guys like if you need steals, like he's way more valuable than like guys who are like twenty or thirty spots ahead of him in the top one hundred. And if you don't need steals, he's useless. Like he's not like there's no point in having him on your team. Like. It's just like a guy, you know, throwing this back all the way back to the beginning with Estiario. Uh, I totally said that right. <laughs> Estuary Ruiz. Estuary? Estuary? I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm bungling right it. It's pretty, I'm, I'm pretty close. Anyway, with Ruiz, he could be a top 75 overall guy if you need steals. And if you don't need steals just leave him on waivers like he's useless to you so yeah i mean and that's kind of like you know my point even with like corbin burns earlier about pitching like if you need pitching go get pitching if you don't need pitching corbin burns is useless to you like it's like so it this like the top 100 it's like you know it's kind of a make your own adventure like you know choose your own adventure like if you need guys more than others move them up you know in your mind like don't don't be tied to like this top 100. Like it's like the Holy grail. Like it's just like, come on. Like, it's like, it's just a, a template for how to look at guys potentially. And then you have to apply your own team's needs. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's kind of the, the great summary of of everything. Gray. Um, You know, I, I've obviously been sitting here nitpicking Gray's position by position and spot by spot rankings here because that's that's what we're doing today for the podcast. But 
it, it is based on your team needs. And so do what you, your team needs to, to make the moves that you need to into uh, the top position or into the money as we come down to it. Or for you in head-to-head leagues, I mean, there's there's really never a time that you're out of it. You can always make a comeback in those head-to-head leagues and try and push for those playoff spots. And then once you're in the playoffs, anything can happen. Anything else for everybody, Gray? Uh, late. <laughs> <laughs>